0: Sorry if there's weird noises. Coconut is licking my microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Like you do.
1: Yep. Yep. (laughs) Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy.
0: And I'm your other host, Mary.
1: And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG1. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing okay. Fabulous. Yeah. Anything new, exciting, or that you want to get off your
0: chest? Not really. (laughs) Just trying to enjoy my last week before school starts again, but it's a busy week, so. (laughs) Oh, I'm shocked. Yeah. Every week is busy. Even when I'm not working, I somehow manage to be busier than I want to be. (laughs) Wah, wah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: What's new with you? Uh, I don't know. I fixed my dishwasher for those who are following my life closely. Fabulous. Yeah.
0: And That is good. Yeah. Speaking speaking of malfunctioning appliances, our refrigerator light has turned into a strobe light. So, <laughs> it's like impossible to look around in the refrigerator for anything without feeling like I might faint. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's bad.
1: Oh, man. You should put Lily in front of it and just I let her do her thing.
0: Wine at it. Whine at it until it does nothing? Yeah. Yep. I don't think that. I think that would probably just make it worse. But, <laughs> but disco bear. It's true. True. <laughs> My disco bear. That doesn't go for too many walks at night anymore, so she doesn't get to wear her LED vest anymore. Wah, wah. Because we've gotten lazy since we moved and just put her in the backyard. That is fair. That is yeah. good that
1: is what i would have done too yeah (laughs) yeah yeah good job though yeah on fixing a thing thank you i've been patting myself on the back for like two days now excellent yeah yeah
0: i can't figure out how to replace the light and also it's not just one light it's like there's multiple lights in the fridge and they're all doing it so just one light wouldn't weird fix it presumably and the freezer's doing it too so what yeah it's weird so not necessarily a bulb issue no doesn't seem to be no
1: yay yeah yeah this is thrilling oh uh- very <laughs> thrilling great start off to a great start yeah 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 and i don't think i have anything to
0: <laughs> coconut has things to say
1: she should say all the
0: things she's probably yelling at neighbor dogs would be my guess oh
1: those neighbor dogs had it coming
0: They do, especially the off-leash ones. But it's really not the dogs that are the assholes, so much as the neighbors that keep letting their dogs out off-leash. True. Yeah. They were walking all over our front yard yesterday because the dog wouldn't come back. Like, not even just the dogs. Like, the neighbor was walking around on our front lawn because the dog wasn't coming back when she was calling it. So she was chasing it across our front lawn. I was like, seriously? Uh, It's bad enough that your dog is walking all over our lawn. I don't want you also walking all (laughs) over my lawn. No.
1: Bad bad neighbors
0: yeah right see this is why i did better when i was living in a place where we were kind of in the middle of nowhere and didn't really have much in the way of neighbors. <laughs> true yep
1: i prefer but where you live now here we are
0: that makes sense yeah well <laughs> i mean overall i do as well because it's only like 20 to 30 minutes to get places instead of over an hour to get anywhere <laughs> which was annoying yeah Yeah, I don't have much else. Wow. Very boring today. Yeah, what have I... I've just been going to work, I don't know, and I'm tired. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, What did I do? I went running, and that took up a while. And then I watched today's episode, and then I edited the episode. (laughs) Yay. That's literally been my whole day, (laughs) so I really have nothing new to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I went swimming last night and found out the pool's going to be closed for like most of September and it was very really? sad. Yeah. The- no. That's Closed weird. for maintenance. Weird. So. Boo. 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 Indeed. Boo.
0: I can hear Coconut being a bad neighbor. Do you mind if I go no, go bring for her it. inside and close the door? Because I don't want her out there barking <laughs> the whole time. Fair. Hang on. Be right back. Ah!
1: Mary's gone, catching dogs,
0: that's all, I think she's coming back, <laughs> I am back, welcome back, based on where the dogs were in the backyard, I'm guessing they were probably barking at said neighbor it, dog, who ah. was probably off leash, it tends to wander into our driveway, where it will harass our dogs, or the other night where it kept our friends from being able to drive into our driveway so that was fun cool yeah yeah you know who else's places they shouldn't be uh, uh, who's that Braytech and Ryak yeah they shouldn't be in a prison that would be camp. better if they weren't yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. let's let's there go with go. that yeah <laughs> What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Stargate SG One, Season Seven, Episode Four, Orpheus. I don't know what the name had to do with anything. Uh well, I looked up Orpheus just briefly. It looked like Orpheus was some kind of like prophet figure, so I was thinking that that
0: meant Daniel. Oh. Uh. I guess that makes sense.
1: That's, yeah, that's the only way I could reason that out. So, yeah.
0: yeah. The description of the episode said that it was Tilk that has the vision, but it is in fact Daniel that has the I, vision.
1: I was very confused. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, that's not Tilk hearing that. That's Daniel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> These descriptions are often very inaccurate once we actually get to watching the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. In the gate room, there's an unscheduled off-world activation and people are running in from all over the place with guns and shields and taking up places in front of the gate. Jack is talking to Hammond over the radio. Jack is off-world. Hammond is, of course, in the gate room. And Jack says that they are going to be making a close quarters withdrawal and it's going to get ugly. So they've got some people hot on their tail, it sounds like. We can hear Tilk telling everybody that it is time to go. Hammond tells everyone to open the iris. SG three quarters, Sam, Jack, and Daniel run through and say that Tilk is right behind them. Tilk comes through just a second later and is followed by a Jaffa. The Jaffa, of course, is firing on everyone. Meanwhile, there's also been like all kinds of staff <laughs> weapon fire coming through with them, I suppose. Yeah. It's worth noting. They kill the Jaffa, they shut down the gate. And Tilk stands there for a second on the ramp before then collapsing because it turns out that he's been shot. He's got a big wound in his abdomen that looks very bad. Frazier's there and she's got some medics with her and a medic says that he's not getting a pulse, which is most likely because he was not checking in the right place where you would find a pulse, but... (laughs) I guess maybe Tilk didn't have a pulse even if we were checking the right spot. <laughs> so they start CPR and get ready to intubate. I liked
1: when the camera went to Tilk after they closed the gate and there was smoke from the wound like surrounding him. It was oh, I it didn't even framed notice that him really somehow. nicely. Like, Weird.
0: I noticed the close-up shot on his face, but somehow I completely missed the smoke. It was like, oh,
1: something's not right. <laughs> oh. Interesting. After credits, we're in the infirmary at some point later because Teal seems at least somewhat recovered. He's breathing and has a pulse, so
0: that's good. Generally good things. Yes.
1: I was wondering this because when in the last scene, he it looked like he had gotten hit right in the pouch and Dr. Frazier does confirm he got hit in the pouch. And fortunately, though, because there was no... Hagfish in there to die and take Teal'c with him. Teal'c survived because of the Tritonin. Teal'c
0: says it's ironic, but I don't think that's how irony, I don't know, works. I feel like I still don't understand exactly what irony means. Yeah. <laughs> but and I know that everybody uses it wrong, so well, it's not just me.
1: Yeah, no. It's all been very muddled. Yeah. How much of that blame is on Alanis Morissette? I think a lot of it. Because I've got a isn't it ironic? And how much is the American education system for teaching her that and then letting her make music? And then also a lot letting of that. her make music, yeah. yeah. And
0: yeah, I remember in elementary school, the teacher that we had that was trying to teach us about what irony is was using that Ray Bradbury story. I don't remember the name of it, but there's like an alien being that's on this island and this guy gets stranded on this island and he's running and running and running from this alien being and he like realizes somewhere that this alien being has been there for millennia and has been like shooting some sort of preservative toxin into animals like medium-sized animals for years cuz there's like all kinds of animals that are extinct mm-hmm. that are present on that island like fully preserved in this one area and then the thing keeps running and running and running and then the alien finally catches up to the guy at the end, picks up the guy, and then puts him back down because all of the weight that the guy lost from running from the thing means that he lost so much weight that he was no longer in the proper weight range for creatures that this thing wanted to preserve. And that's what our teacher taught us was irony.
1: I don't... And I don't know, I still don't
0: know if that's true. Like, literary irony versus spoken irony, are they different? Because I know when somebody says something ironically, they're saying a thing that they don't really mean like they're yeah. saying a thing but they're meaning it in a different way than they're saying it but i don't know how don't that think, story would have anything I to do think with i
1: read that bradbury story that version of irony oh.
0: yeah i remember some of his other the ones name of it. i
1: don't remember that one wow
0: yeah well yeah. that's how i feel about a I lot of his stories it. i'm like yeah i kind of like that yeah i feel like i've told that story on here before i might have if so sorry oh i don't remember that
1: but that is okay I guess I would think of the irony, I guess, that you would expect that the hagfish would save him when, in fact, it would be the opposite in this case. Ironic. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Tilk though, is not completely fixed yet. He also took some spine damage and the soft tissue around it, so he's going to... uh, Need to take some time to recover. He asks about the Jaffa that shot him for some reason, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that guy died. I think he just wants to know what happened to him. Fraser tells Teal'c he's lucky to be alive.
0: In Hammond's office, they're recapping what happened on the planet. They had an ambush. They were able to create enough of a diversion to mostly get themselves out of their okay. They realized that these Jaffa that were chasing after them had a lot of different tattoos on their heads, but most of them seemed to be loyal to Baal, who they reiterate has now become very powerful with their help. And him is like, yeah, but, you know, we, we needed to level the playing field against Anubis. <laughs> so they've screwed themselves over because now they've got both Baal Yay. and Anubis to deal with. Frasier comes in and tells everyone that it's going to be a long road back for Teal'c. Longer than Teal'c is used to because the Tritonin is pretty effective, but not as effective as his hagfish would have been in fixing things. But he is getting a higher dose of Tritonin in the meantime, and everybody wants to go and see him. It's okay, Teal'c. You'll get from there to here.
1: It's been a long time, but my time is fine.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Yes. (laughs) Scott Bakula will help you along the way.
1: There's Jello in the infirmary at Teal'c's side. Four cups. Empty. Empty. One full.
0: Two spoons. And it's all green. All green. All green. Not the best color. I mean, green is fine. It's fine. I think I prefer red. Red would be my favorite. And then orange. Daniel has asked Teal'c
1: about Ryak because... It's different than asking how Tilk is, <laughs> Daniel says. And he's been thinking about Ryak. Tilk lets him know that Ryak is hanging with Braytak, and they are doing some recruitment among the Jaffa. <laughs> Daniel asks about the jello, and Tilk explains that this was Jack's offering. To sympathize with Teal'c's situation, (laughs) which I do. You think Teal'c ate all that jello? Do you think Jack
0: ate some of it? Did they share? Like, well, there's two spoons, so I'm guessing that they probably each at least had one. Yeah, but whether Jack had three and Teal'c only had one because he was grumpy, (laughs) (laughs) or whether Teal'c ate them all. Or they shared them equally, I think it's hard to say. Yeah. My guess is probably that it was Jack eating three and Teal'c only (laughs) having one, or maybe even just a half of one, because he was grumpy, and then Jack finishing all of it. That sounds about right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Teal'c is in a mood, as you just said. He's grumpy. He's blaming himself for uh, his own injury, because he fell behind. Daniel is going to try to make him feel better, but then Teal'c is like, no, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Go away. And Daniel then leaves or goes to leave and then he can kind of hear a voice
0: faintly and that's that <laughs> yeah
1: we don't know what the voice is
0: yeah then we're in the gym <laughs> I mean I guess it makes sense that they have a gym but I don't know that we've ever seen their gym before have I we I don't think so
1: yeah this is a new like in Michael Shank's contract he's got to be like show off his buff muscles
0: probably <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's doing some bicep curls Tilk is actually the first one that we see. He's getting some physical therapy for walking. He's using, like, the double bars, which is used for people that are trying to relearn how to walk. It's kind of weird to me that they're doing physical therapy and regular workouts in the same workplace, but they are. Sam is using a squat machine and also is ruining signs for anyone who might not have seen the movie (laughs) Signs.
1: There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water?
0: because she gives pretty much the the synopsis and the secret ending to the movie. (laughs) Nice job, Sam. They, of course, don't say the name of the movie, but having seen it, it would be obvious what she's talking about. Daniel asks why she watches those movies, and she says that she just kind of wants to see if anyone ever gets close to being right. (laughs) Daniel is distracted while Sam is telling him about movies that he doesn't care about. He says that it's because he feels like he forgot something really important and he's got pretty much all of his memories back, his human memories back, but he can't remember his time as an ascended. So maybe that's supposed to be the whole point of him losing his memory that we've been saying seems pointless. I, I guess think it's so. A, con- a convenient plot device so that he can't remember his ascended time, but does remember everything else.
1: Yeah, but they could have just done that. Like,
0: he could have true. just come yeah, back. True, yeah, that's true. As... They could have just made him forget that one yeah, part. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he's not sure what it is that he can't remember, but there's something nagging at him. The physical therapist, meanwhile, tells Teal'c that he is all done for the day, but Teal'c refuses and just keeps pushing himself to go harder and harder on these double bar things, turning around and hobbling his way back and forth and back and forth. And Daniel and Carter come over and try to tell him he could be overdoing it, which can do more harm than good, which is true. Tilk yells at them to leave him alone. And then Daniel hears those voices calling out again, even louder than usual. And he's distracted enough by it that Sam notices and comes over to see if he's okay.
1: Next, we are in the control room looking through... Gate addresses or records of the Stargate Stargate anomalies? Wormhole anomalies? There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're doing some research. Some
0: MacGuffin thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> they don't know what they're looking for, so they're not finding
0: anything. <laughs> it is hard to find anything when you yeah. don't know what you're looking for. Daniel
1: just has a feeling, though, it has something to do with an incoming wormhole, and maybe it would jog his memory to do something, I guess, about it. Daniel talks to Sam about the hard time he's having with his memory, and the hardest part is that he doesn't know whether he chose to come back, or he could be doing more good if he were uh, still an ascended being, which, no, because he sat on his fat non-ass during that time. (laughs) Right, how much good were you really doing when you kept refusing to help anybody with anything? Yeah. Yeah. Sam leaves Daniel to his research and wishes him
0: luck. We get a brief cutscene, interstitial scene outside of somebody just on duty guarding. There's a Jeep in the foreground that says Sergeant Mack on the corner oh. of the windshield. And I was wondering who Sergeant Mack might be. But then I did no research to try to figure that out. <laughs> Back in the gym again, Fraser has Tilk Teal- on a machine. I think it was the squat machine again that Sam was on before, and says that he has lifted and pushed and pulled more weight than anyone on the base ever has, and he is clear for active duty. Teal'c ignores her and gets on a new machine and starts doing more reps and says he is not ready yet. (sighs) Teal'c. (laughs) Fraser's like, but you're cleared. He's like, no. (laughs) How much time are we thinking past at this point? Right? Because... Yeah, you don't just regain the ability to walk when, yeah. over the course of a few days. And I know like alien physiology Tritonid, but I was wondering the same thing. I would imagine it must have been should have at least been weeks, likely months or more. Yeah. Depending on the extent of the damage and exactly how fast his alien physiology is able to heal.
1: We don't know. I'm glad they didn't, you know, linger on it like
0: Yeah. Or we'd have
1: more montages of Tilk Teal- walking around uh, (laughs) looking angry
0: (laughs) at himself rather than the situation which every right to be angry at the situation but the fact that he's just holding this anger at himself is yeah frustrating from a viewer perspective agreed
1: however long it's been daniel's still working on his same research yeah Even though he's broadened himself to any gate activity, including outgoing wormholes and unauthorized activations, and still hasn't figured it out, Jack tells him maybe take a break and that might help. Also, Teal'c might need a pep talk, but Jack is concerned he will not be peppy enough.
0: So Daniel goes with him. See, this is why we still need Jonas, because (laughs) even Daniel's not really that peppy. That is true. Jonas, though, Jonas was full of pep. Jonas would have pepped, yeah. Yeah. In the infirmary, Tilka's is hanging out. His gross pouch is a lot smaller than it used to be, so I Aww. guess that's a side effect of not having a hagfish anymore? I guess? I wonder if it'll go away eventually altogether. And is that just because he doesn't have a hagfish, or is the Tritonin doing that?
1: That's a good question. Hmm.
0: Does the hagfish keep it open? Like, does it have to actively work to keep it open? And so it just goes away on its own if there's no hagfish, it, assuming that the Jaffa lives long enough for that to happen. Well, then
1: where does the pouch come from in the first place if he's not born with it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Are they born with it? We've seen Hathor give them to people.
1: Yeah, but I assume that would be a lot of effort to pouchify all
0: the Jaffa. Well, I didn't know if maybe they had like a creepy special sparkle bling that does it or something
1: but anyway i guess he doesn't need it anymore use it
0: or lose it (laughs) (laughs) yes indeed (laughs) daniel and jack are there for whatever reason pep pep oh right that's right they did go for pep rah rah And Daniel mentions that he could tell that something's been bothering Teal'c for a while, even before this whole injury thing happened. And then Teal'c finally admits to them that he is getting weak. As far as he's concerned, he is not really fit to be on the team anymore. And he's been keeping that from him because it is the greatest shame that a Jaffa can have, known as kek, which is used interchangeably to mean weakness and death. Because as far as the Jaffa are concerned... When you are weak, you might as well be dead. So that's a not at all toxic type of society to come from. No. Yep. So initially he thought that his weakness was just temporary as a result of switching from the hagfish to the tritonin. And the initial stress his body was going over in that adjustment period. And that he would eventually get his strength back. But then he didn't. Jack reminds him that even in his weakened state, Tilke is still twice as strong as Jack considers himself to be, and also has two good knees on top of that, so as far as Jack is concerned, Tilke is in great shape <laughs> and is definitely ready to rejoin the team, but Tilke is adamant that he is not fit for duty. He does not feel fit for duty, and Jack is like, alright, well, if that's how you feel. Jack leaves. Daniel follows him. Daniel wants to know why Jack wasn't more insistent that Teal'c, basically get over it and rejoin the team and jack is like well if he doesn't think he's ready then that right there means he's not ready yeah fair point jack
1: i, I like too when they leave basically they just walk like five steps away from Teal'c. To yeah like another part of the infirmary <laughs> into
0: what looked like a storage room because yeah! <laughs> <laughs> there were shelves with like iv bags and stuff <laughs>
1: A little bit strange.
0: It wasn't just the hallway. No. <laughs> and yes, they were talking about Tilk, as you said, like five feet from him.
1: Like, how's his hearing? I feel like he has good right? hearing. I he don't does know. have good hearing. <laughs> Daniel has some ideas though to help Tilk. And that is to do the kelnerim even though Tilk doesn't need to kelnerim anymore. So they're in a room full of
0: candles. All the candles. There are so many candles. I actually paused. <laughs> the screen to count. This obviously isn't all the candles in the room because they were panning the camera through the room and candles were coming and going on and (laughs) off the screen, but just in the one screenshot I got of what was not even the entire room, I counted 73 candles. Oh my god. (laughs) So there were, I would say, probably at least twice that many though in reality.
1: Do you think the candles are delivered to the base? Does Tealca have to go to a store and buy out all the candles? <laughs> like, is there a store in Colorado Springs, a Yankee candle that is just always bare, bare shelves? Oh,
0: that room must smell so awful if there's <laughs> 73 Yankee candles, like scented Yankee can- I mean, I like Yankee candles, but like a
1: lot of one
0: candle goes a long way though. If you had 73 scented candles, or probably twice as many, That would just be so ridiculously overpowering.
1: (laughs) Maybe they're unscented Ikea candles or something. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: maybe the Ikea ones that don't smell. Yeah, Yeah, could be.
1: (laughs) Daniel is like, maybe you don't need to Kelnarim anymore, but humans still meditate even though we have to sleep. So maybe you should give it a try. Teal tells Daniel to shut up. (laughs) <laughs> Basically, because he's yep. like, for a successful Kilnareem, there's one element required above all, and that
0: is silence. I expected him to say candles, but, yeah. <laughs> but he said silence. Teal'c <laughs> is still, yeah,
1: continuing his mood. Yep. And they have a flashback. No. Indeed. Daniel has a flashback. It's yes. not a flashback we've ever seen. We see Ryak and Braytak in what looks like some kind of mine slash
0: labor camp. So how long have they been imprisoned if this was happening when Daniel was still ascended and he's been so back so long a while now, an indeterminate amount of time, depending on, you know, how long it took yeah. Tilk to heal plus however long it was before <laughs> that Daniel came back. maybe Daniel
1: existed outside of time and this could be happening simultaneously with what's going on with Tilk. Sure. Yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Ryak and Braytac are pushing some kind of giant wheelbarrow-ish type thing. Ryak stumbles and then he starts being beaten, which is cool. Really cool. <laughs> and then the guy starts beating Braytac instead. Ryak was really like emoting when he was being beaten which fair Braytak yep. though is just standing there like completely stoic and just taking it Yep,
0: because he's Braytak. yeah yeah Ryak is very upset understandably yeah then we're in the infirmary daniel i guess is getting checked out after his vision but has also told teal'c who is there too what he saw Tilk asks Daniel if he knows about the ambush of Kreshtar, which was the meeting of all the Jaffa rebel tribes, where all the symbiotes were lost and they had just the one that they were sharing between the two of them. Tilk says that there's something in his report that he didn't include, and what he didn't include was that Daniel was there and helped him through that ordeal. Daniel has no memory of that, but the reason that Tilk is bringing this up is because... As a result of that, he believes that what Daniel was seeing was real. Since his yeah. visions of Daniel were real, he's thinking that Daniel's visions of Ryak and Braytek must also be real. Yeah. I'm thinking about the passing of the hagfish again. Yeah.
1: And also in their particular situation where they were laying there, it must have been so dirty.
0: And slimy. Do you, do you, do, do hagfish need baths? Well, they, no, because they live in water. <laughs> What would but, you bathe them in?
1: I don't know, but I mean, not then. Like, if they're uh, a hagfish in a pouch, right? So it's in the pouch, yeah. it's fine. But they're passing it around. Their hands are probably fucking filthy. That's true. Do they
0: need to wash it? Or is, like, the pouch some sort of sterilizing environment? I doubt it's a sterilizing <laughs> environment, but I would think that the hagfish was probably taking care of any bacterial infection possibility. Fair. I would say that it's probably got some antimicrobial mm. substances that it excretes in its slime. Okay. Would be my guess. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Next, they're all gathered in the conference room with Hammond. Hammond also has no trouble believing Daniel's vision.
0: I believe what I'm
1: hearing. Because the things he's heard sitting in this chair, notwithstanding the week before when they had a hard time believing a teenager was Jack for a hot minute.
0: Yeah. but And then nobody wanted to believe any of Jonas's various no. visions, but... They'll believe Daniel. They'll believe Daniel, yeah.
1: Sam brings up that if it happened before Daniel became human again, which we don't know for sure, pretext supply of dratonin would be nothing at this point. So they've got to act fast. They need to figure out where to go, though. They don't know where. Daniel's been looking through all of the gate and wormhole records but he's got nothing nothing's jogging his memory Teal'c doesn't recognize the planet so he suggests that they get Raknor on over there which they're going to do
0: Raknor being their Jaffa buddy yeah the guy who's got the scar on his forehead because he took off his gold Yeah, back in the labor camp We see that there's a big mothership suspended above it, I guess, watching out over it. I thought it was being built. Is it? I thought, yeah, I thought it was Hmm. some kind of like... Oh, maybe it is because they are mining the things that are used to make a mothership. So that would make sense. Or maybe at the very least repaired. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ryak and Braytac are having a talk. Ryak has noticed that Braytac is getting weaker every day. And Braytac's like, leave me alone. Mind your business. (laughs) The Jaffa from before, who was beating everybody, white-haired Jaffa. I don't know what we would call him. Yeah, He's got distinctively white hair. He's the only Jaffa we've seen with white hair. If it were spikier, we could call him Billy Idol Jaffa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we could, but it's not very spiky. it's not. Nope. White-haired Jaffa it is, I guess, because we're not creative today. (laughs) White-haired Jaffa notices that elsewhere in the camp, there's some people that aren't working. So he has them all lined up and then kills them. So that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. And then he yells to everyone that if you don't work hard enough, then you die. So, awesome. Ryak tells Braytok they're not going to be able to maintain their workload, and they're going to be killed next if... Braytac is slowing down. Ryak could still work, though, so. Yeah, I, like,
1: we're in this together. Kill me, too. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I I don't either. What are you doing, Ryak? And I was wondering why, if maybe Ryak was so desperate, why he didn't share his hagfish with Braytac?
1: Hmm. Good point. Or
0: was Braytac also pouchless or almost maybe. pouchless? I don't know. We don't get an answer. That topic never comes up as an option. No. No, it does not. Yeah. Spraytack promises that he has enough tritonin to get by until they're rescued. He'll just make sure that he rations it properly. They go back to their shoveling, which seems pretty feckless because they're pretty much just stabbing at a pile of rocks with shovels. (laughs) They're not actually doing any scooping or lifting. They're just stabbing at it.
1: Maybe the rocks were misbehaving and needed to be killed. I don't know. Maybe. Put down. They
0: were disciplining the rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back
1: in the SGC, <laughs> Ragnar has arrived. Daniel has drawn a picture of the place he saw in his vision. And also describes that it has two moons, an aqua refinery, a dry dock nearby with a mothership. And Ragnar's is like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's Erebus. Daniel says that Erebus is a place where condemned souls pass as soon as they die according to greek mythology and that seemed like one way of describing erebus when i briefly glanced at the wikipedia page so yeah fabulous. it's like i guess it's um erebus is like the embodiment of darkness mm.
0: darkness
1: no parents continue darkness more darkness get it and sometimes it's interchangeably referenced with Hades and stuff like that. So, yeah. Racknor says they only use Jaffa prison labor at this camp because only Jaffa can stand the intense heat and toxic gases. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Great planet. Yep. And eventually yep. even the Jaffa are going to die there. Teal'c has heard of other places like this and adds that... Jaffa POWs are often sent there when they refuse to serve a new hagfish master. Because, you know, that's what you do with those people. (laughs) I guess. Traitors, non-believers, I don't know. So I guess that's why they think that Britaq and Ryak were there to try to recruit amongst the prisoners. However, the planet has been taken over by Ball, And... We're possibly trapped there. Rakhnoor is taking a page from Sam's pessimism book and says, then they are lost. I'm lost! Because the Stargate on Erebus is impenetrable. Because there's a force field similar to the Iris. Dude, what do I do? we will be stuck here forever! So, you know, maybe they're not lost. Maybe they just need to work through that obstacle. I don't know now stay calm we are going around the leaf Uh, around the leaf i i don't think we can do that especially because then Ragnar says somebody has to send a signal to power down the force field kind of like they do with the gdos so maybe they can figure that out
0: maybe 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 it's not as hopeless as Ragnar initially said this is nothing compared to the twig of 93 that's it that's
1: it good (laughs) Or maybe they're both dead. Who cares? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. No. Daniel has another flashback. Braytek and Ryak are there with some rebel Jaffa using Zats to disarm a bunch of guards at the gate, presumably on Erebus. Braytek takes a device that looks suspiciously like a GDO <laughs> from one of the guards that had been guarding the gate, takes down the force field, it's not even a visible force field, but, like, you see an extra shimmering around yeah. the gate, which is already shimmery, but <laughs> it shimmers more. Shimmerer. Yeah. He dials an address, and then they're attacked by Morgifa. I guess, though, Bretak sends a message of some sort. Yeah. And then, in the background, we see Daniel standing there in a hood just watching. Why he needs to be disguised in a hood rather than just being there invisibly (laughs) since we know he can make himself invisible. Who knows? But that's what he's doing. (laughs) I think it would have been funnier if he was just standing there in his Knives Out sweater like hiding behind a rock or something. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Yeah.
1: Daniel coming out of his flashback runs out of the room and heads towards the control room where he finds Sam, and he says he saw everything that happened, how they got captured, and he definitely knows there has to be something that they can find in the gate records. He decided that what they need to do is expand their search to the Alpha Site gate records. And suddenly, Sam finds a code three months before. So I guess they've been on that planet for three months. I guess so. Yeah. They had noted it at the time that they got this signal, but they couldn't figure out anything about it. So they kind of just set it aside. Daniel says that that must be the force field deactivation code that BreTech
0: input. Sam can reverse engineer the code. They are oddly certain that yeah. this weird random waveform that came through is the deactivation code and that it can be reverse engineered.
1: Yeah. Daniel also is very confident he can provide details of the defenses on the planet, even though it's been three months and the lay of the land.
0: (laughs) And he has so little memory. Yeah. And just is getting bits and pieces and flashbacks. (laughs) Yep. I was wondering if this is going to be like in the movie where he told everyone, I can totally get you home from the (laughs) other side and then couldn't. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Oh, Daniel. In the gate room. Tilk and Ragnor are in their Jaffa armor. Everybody is getting ready to go over to the other side. Tilk has a little moment with Jack, though, where he makes it pretty clear that he thinks he's going to die. And if he does, he wants Jack to watch over Ryak for him. Jack's like, well, I'm sure that that won't be necessary. And so they open the gate. They type through whatever signaled sam reverse engineered and then they throw through one of those flashy grenades on the other side we see a bunch of jaffa around the gate taken down by that grenade you would think that just in case they might want to send a malp through first (laughs) to make sure the shock grenade or this flash grenade actually made it through and took out all the Jaffa and didn't get splatted and that there aren't like even more (laughs) Jaffa than they expected, possibly further away than would be impacted by the glowy grenade. But no, none of that happens because as we're looking down at the ground at some of the unconscious Jaffa, we hear a bunch of swooshes, which is clearly (laughs) the people from SGC coming through the gate, despite not having checked at all that it was safe to do so. No,
1: no. Yep. In the labor camp, Braytac is, I feel like he was pretending to try to get some tritonin out of his little vial as like an act. I don't know. It just seemed like.
0: Yeah. You would think that he would be able to tell by looking at it that it was empty because it was clearly empty, but maybe he was at least trying to get some dregs out of it. I don't know. Maybe, but it's
1: empty. He has no tritonin. Ryak witnesses this and tells him it's hard to ration what you don't have. And he tells Braytak to tell him the truth. And Braytak's like, yeah, the Tritonin's gone. Like you can see happening right here. Now. Then Ryak also is the massive pessimist and is like, well, you're going to die. And all of your words of faith will have been for nothing.
0: Dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Your whole life's been wasted. Yeah. I I guess at least he's a teenager. um, So maybe all or nothing thought is... I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Braytac's like, no, all of my faith is for you, and you need to survive. Braytac is going to try to live without Tritonin as long as he has to. God, Ryak. <laughs> You've been through so many things, dude.
0: You'd think you'd have more faith in people. Right? Seriously. Elsewhere, SG-1, and apparently SG-3 also? Yeah, there was another team, at least, with them. Yeah. I knew there was another team. I didn't know which one it was, but the notes here say that it's SG3. Cool. They're hanging out on the ridge over the camp, spying on things. They don't see Braytac, but Sam does manage to find Ryak. Tilk suggests that they take out guards in a certain area so that they can create a blind spot, which Jack agrees is a good idea, but they're going to wait until nighttime, which is only about an hour away before they do that. When nighttime comes, they act on their plan. And make their way into the camp.
1: With zats, which are bright and kind of loud, but whatever. Yes,
0: (laughs) both of those things. Yet somehow nobody notices them sneak, sneak, sneaking around. (laughs) Not everybody is in the camp, though. Jack and Daniel are still up on the hill kind of watching things and keeping an eye out. Daniel is trying to translate what the white-haired Jaffa is saying and Basically, the white-haired Jaffa is just swearing and making fun of whatever prisoners it is that he's talking to. Sam is concerned that in the camp, she's been made, so I guess Jack and Daniel are going to go and try to help out. Jack says, hold on. It was a very unexciting scene. Yeah. (laughs) In the
1: camp, Diolk and Ragnor. Is there anybody else with them? I don't know. I don't think so. They get into a tent. They find Braytak and Ryak, basically. Ryak is immediately like, oh yeah, I totally thought you weren't going to come, but Braytak was right. I'm such a bum. He tells Tilk that Braytak is still alive, but probably not for long. They greet Braytak with their Tecmetes, and Tilk also offers up some
0: Tritonin to him. Because there's enough for both of them this time. You would think that they would have brought some specifically for Braytek. It sounded like Tilk's just going to share his with Braytek. I assumed they he was just saying they don't need to like do a half-dead hagfish share again. <laughs> Fair. I don't know. I was thinking it was kind of gross that they were going to be sharing needles here, but I guess after you've shared a half-dead <laughs> hagfish, then... I mean, the needle I... <laughs> share is less nasty than yeah. that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so their plan is to carry Britek out of there and get Ryak out of there as well. Ryak is like, but what about everybody else here who are all prisoners? <laughs> Ragnar says there are too many. Ryak's like, no, but they could fight. Tilk's like they'll die, and Ryak's like they're gonna die if they stay. So, Mm -hmm. what difference does it make?
0: Yeah. Jack and Sam are still above the camp. So, I guess they didn't enter or they're on their way down or whatever, but they didn't make it down to the camp all the way. They realize that the Jaffa have figured out that Tilk and Ragnar are there and tells them to get out of there. He tells Sam and anyone else who's listening to hold their fire as the white haired Jaffa comes up and drags Tilk and Ragnar out. And then Tilk and Ragnar get beaten and whipped. And Jack continues to tell them to just stay there because they're way outnumbered by all of the other Jaffa down there. So even if they were to go running in to try to save Tilk, it would surely just fail and yeah. they'd all die.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The next day, morning. They've had their fun beating Tilk and bring him into the tent with Ryak and Braytak. Tilk is happy to see Ryak is still alive and that is all that matters. But Braytak is also alive which also is happiness. Indeed. Unfortunately though the Trotonin's helping Braytek, but now Tilk cannot get moving at the moment because he's just been badly beaten. And Ryak's like but you have to because if you don't work you get killed and Tilk's like, don't worry about it. We're going to get rescued.
0: Okay. Why aren't the Jaffa looking for any other people? I don't. Why are they just assuming that only Tilk and Ragnar made it through? Very weird. It is strange that they're like, I guess these two guys that broke into the camp must be alone. Let's not bother to see if they had any friends come with them. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone else is still hanging out on the ridgeline. I guess they finally just now sent somebody off. So Jack does say they don't believe that Tilk and Ragnar are working alone, but they waited until morning to send somebody (laughs) off. So whatever. Yeah. Daniel starts blaming himself for reasons. He says he should have done something when he had a chance, when he had power. But we all already know that Daniel didn't really do much of anything, even though he could have done things. He didn't do things. So... Jack's like all right well whatever we need a plan B it's not time for self-pity and Sam asks what the plan B is and Jack's like well we don't have one but we need one (laughs) they figure that they need some sort of a distraction a very large distraction bigger than grenades and bigger than claymores they look up at the mothership floating over the camp
1: and then somehow Sam and Daniel find transporter rings and ring up to the ship
0: yeah, I was kind of confused about that. Like, okay,
1: but, not guarded? No. They don't guard their ring platform when they know that there may be enemies running around their camp? Okay. Probably not.
0: Yeah. You would also think that they just wouldn't want any random prisoners yeah. using them to try to get up and sabotage the ship, but whatever. Next, Dex is having the
1: rest of them all prepare for this attack they're going
0: to do. Yeah. <laughs> In the camp. friends that one's Lily. Coconut's in here being a good girl. Quiet on my lap. Aw. In
1: the camp, Braytek continues to get stronger. Teal'c tells Ryak that he and Ragnar need to tell everyone else, all the other prisoners, that they need to help fight once the rescue is underway. And they will know when the time is right. Ryak asks Tilk if he's going to be able to fight. Tilk's like, I'm not the Jafai I once was. And Ryak is also distressed at this. He's like, No, you're Tilk. You're the greatest warrior. Tilk is like, It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you survive, or I've come for nothing. So just get out there and do your job. Tilk really needs to think about adapting, changing his attitude. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very toxic uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. attitude. He does, yes, quite. Yeah. Up on the mothership, Sam is planting some C four. It's the anti gravity platform that they are currently working on. So once it shuts down, the ship won't be able to stay suspended in the air anymore.
1: Ooh,
0: yeah. Back down in the labor camp, Braytak and Teal'c are having a little bit of a chat. Braytak says that it's been difficult for both of us. Wasn't exactly sure if he meant us, as in Braytak and Ryak or Braytak and Tilk? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But Tilk's glad that Braytak is feeling better. Braytak's like, Yep, I'm gonna be ready when the time comes, and Tilk says that he will too. Braytak isn't so sure because he thinks that the Tritonin has had an effect on Tilk's memories, because Braytak for sure has taught Tilk that a warrior's true strength comes from his heart and mind not necessarily from his physical strength. Braytak says that Tilk has had a physical advantage over him for a long time, but Braytak's never lost a sparring match. And Tilk's like, yeah, well, that's because I always let you win. <laughs> <laughs> and they both smile.
1: See, Braytak has the better attitude. He does. Even but... though he's part of this culture too, he's got a much better outlook on things. Yes. Yeah, indeed. He seems more adaptable
0: and Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Ready to, not ready to
1: throw in the towel at the first sign of problems.
0: Right, because he is surely feeling the same extra weakness that Tilk is, plus any extra weakness he might be feeling from his age, since he's like in the triple digits there. Well, you're terrifically old. Yeah. But he's still feeling fit and ready.
1: On the gold ship, Sam and Daniel have run into a problem. Where no one had been guarding the rings on either side before for no reason. Now for no reason, (laughs) a bunch of Jaffa just go stand by the rings. Yep. Like, I'm a Jaffa, I love hanging out by the rings! Who doesn't? Yeah. So, they can't get off the ship. Elsewhere, Ryak is whispering in the ears of the other prisoners, but the white-haired Jaffa has noticed Ryak not at his workstation. He has Ryak taken away and yells to the other prisoners that they need to keep working or they're going to die. And this kid doesn't know where he belongs, so it's time for him to die. But then Teal comes out and is like, nope, he's young. I'm going to trade places with him. Ryak is upset by this, but it is too late. Teal has taken his place. The white-haired Jaffa congratulates Teal'c on a good trade because he's barely able to stand and wouldn't have lasted another day.
0: On the ridge over the camp, Jack asks Sam what the holdup is. Sam says that the explosion is going to happen in 30 seconds. Jack's like, well, we don't have 30 seconds. Back down in the camp, the white-haired Jaffa is making fun of Teal'c and mocking him for being... The first prime of Apophis in the past, but now nothing but a weak and pathetic Shulfa. Ryak looks away, looking ashamed, and Bretak tells him that he needs to be strong for Tilk because what better way for Tilk to die than looking into the face of his son? Also, what more traumatic thing to happen to the son yeah. than to look into the face of your dad when <laughs> yep. he dies? So maybe take that into account. Yeah. But, but Ryak does as he's told and looks up and watches on. And then the gravity field on the ship goes out. One of the lights on the ship that I guess represents the gravity field goes out. And then the ship starts slowly sinking towards the ground. And they take advantage of the distraction, everybody does, to start a battle. So everyone comes down from the ridge. The prisoners join in the fight as well. Teal'c is fighting one-on-one with the white-haired Jaffa. Ryak barges over to help in that fight. But of course, since he's a lot smaller and not nearly as well trained, he basically just gets thrown <laughs> away. Tilk manages to get the upper hand over the white haired Jafar and starts choking him and then breaks his neck with the Foley artist making a nice loud pop there, <laughs> which made it just <laughs> that much more cringy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tilk, Braytak, and Raknor. All manage to get staff weapons. A bunch of guards charge at them, and the three of them fire on them in unison, and everything fades away to white. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A
1: couple of things I was thinking about, or not thinking about, but one they had that moment where I think Braytak was going to go help Tilk, and Ryag totally like holds him back in one yeah. of those like this is a thing yes to do himself kind yeah. of trope.
0: Which I <laughs> yes that did happen.
1: <laughs> Never a fan of those really. But no me neither. that's okay i think i think that's come up before in this show it has but, yeah. yes
0: i don't remember which episode but i know for sure we've talked about was it before it the
1: one where sam was fighting that guy
0: in that bad episode i don't know sam anyway. has fought many guys in many bad episodes
1: the guys on horses very early the one where they had the bad that was the oh, same as code yeah. of honor yeah okay that one i don't know uh maybe i feel like maybe but anyway yeah but then also, did you see in the fighting there was one Jaffa who kept doing jump kicks and twists, and it was, oh, he was that. like really, really uh, <laughs> going for it there, and I I appreciated him in all of his That's effort. Really funny, yeah. I don't know who he was. I didn't that look extra him up. just really went for yeah, it. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I thought extras weren't supposed to draw attention. I to don't themselves. know, but yeah, that
1: guy had skills, and he was going to use them. Fair, yeah. And also of note right after the explosion the jaffa who were randomly standing around the rings did leave and let sam and daniel off the ship <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: because... which was convenient <laughs> i guess they got distracted by the explosion yeah. and went to go and check it out
1: that's fine what were they doing there anyway yeah later the fight's all over folks are back at the sgc hammond welcomes them back Jack reports the good news. They've liberated the camp and relocated all of the prisoners to the Alpha site. All of the prisoners, Ragnar says, are ready to join the rebellion. Braytac is pretty happy about that success and also grateful to Hammond of Texas. Hammond is like, well, actually, I think you owe Daniel for this one. That's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tilk and Daniel are in Tilk's quarters and... And they're going to do some meditating because Teal'c has decided that even though he doesn't need to, he likes to. And Tilka tells Daniel that Jack says he's got his mojo back. <laughs> Daniel has come to the conclusion that even though all this time, apparently the entire first five years of his time with SG-1, he's felt like he didn't belong anywhere and It was his experience of ascending and then coming back that he realized his life is too important to just leave it behind because he thinks that when he was dying and had no choice before, that he was really just running away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like you were actively dying from an accident, but sure, if you want to consider that running away, whatever. So now, finally, now, seven years in, he feels (laughs) like he's a part of something, something important. And Tilk agrees. Daniel and sucks. that
1: was it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Sucks. Uh, it was I was just... like, I'm so sorry. You just opened up there, you
0: loser. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I just thought it was such a weird way to end the episode. Yeah. He was on the team for so long, and he was obviously an integral member of the team.
1: Yeah.
0: come on. Okay, I'm gonna stop yeah. now. Oh, whoever transcribed this apparently did some extra research into Erebus Oh, us, really? If you'd like me to share that. Oh, sure. It's the infernal region below the Earth. Erebus was the embodiment of primordial darkness, the ah. son of chaos. Ooh. Chaos with a capital C. Hades was split into two regions, Erebus, which the dead have to pass shortly after they have died, and Tartarus, which is the deepest region where titans were imprisoned. Mm. And he is often used metaphorically for Hades itself. I don't know where that comes from, but that's what this person named Ankh who transcribed this episode has said.
1: Thank you, transcriber. Yeah. Yeah. Did you
0: like the episode? It was fine. (laughs) Coconut has found a toy. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, no, it was fine. I
1: loved seeing Braytech again. I'm glad we're getting some follow-up with the tritonin yes and also finally. yeah and it's nice to know it's not all sunshine and rainbows although it is a little because you know no more gross pouch or yeah. soon to be maybe hopefully yeah it would be weird to walk around with a gaping hole in
0: you for no reason right? for a long <clears throat> time i mean uh, i guess we all do because that's true we, have, we do have many ga- <laughs> <laughs> that humans true. walk around with all the time
1: that's true other than the firefight at the end it wasn't a particularly exciting episode actually you know what yeah it was fine but I, I was kind of annoyed with Tilk's attitude through this yeah like I get it you know sometimes you're injured and you don't think you're I get being upset about <laughs> like a big change in your life that makes sense I guess but it was just kind of like it felt a little out of nowhere like even though Teal'c was like I've been feeling this way for a while it didn't show up in the show yeah so agreed that kind of threw me off i enjoyed the uh i don't know their invasion of the planet <laughs> uh, not just for explosions i know that's your thing uh so mine was Yay. more for yeah it was just you know it was good it was more it was a fun little sneak 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 recon mission and i like the tritonin follow-up so i guess that's a mixed bag for me and did jaffa really need to change their attitudes
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> how about you it was fine. I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. It was okay. I found a lot of it to be kind of tedious. As you said, the parts with Tilk being such a downer and having seen no sign of this whatsoever was weird and also frustrating. How? I mean, like, yes, I know that when people go through trauma, like they are going to sometimes push people away and stuff like that, but it did just felt frustrating. And he was just so much in his own head about how he was a failure. And I Braytac didn't seem to have those issues at all. So it did make me wonder, like, what was it about the two that was different where Braytac just kind of rolled with it, yeah. to, it completely. And Tilk couldn't get out of his own head about it. I thought it was interesting to see the difference between the two, but also seeing Tilk feel sorry for himself like that was frustrating because I would, I don't know. I somehow yeah. thought that he was a little bit more emotionally mature than that but i guess you never really know how you're going to react to various traumatic situations until you're in them but yeah some parts of it i thought were just kind of boring and tedious like i said some parts were interesting but eh, it was fine yeah 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 cool (laughs) yeah so what's next next is season seven episode five revisions six thousand light years away Jack and his crew discover a devastating universe where the inhabitants must live in a protective dome. They survive through an all-controlling computer system called the Link. But is the Link truly their savior or their curse? Oh. So is this like the precursor to the Borgs? The Borgs? I don't know. What? You know who the Borg are? I know who the Borg are.
1: (laughs) I'm not making the connection, I guess, is my problem.
0: They're all connected right. oh, to connected! Each other Sorry, a computer system. You know
1: what? My brain went in a different way. I was thinking about the Great Link, and that is a different thing. That yes, is, yes, yeah. it is. Sorry.
0: I, I'm back with you now. I
1: gotcha. I hear you.
0: Yes. I guess it doesn't say they're all connected, but that was the impression I got when it says all controlling computer yeah. system. Yeah, and link. Called the Link. Yeah. Yeah. According to the TVDB, the team gates to a climate-controlled environment amidst a toxic wasteland where people are linked to a central computer. Okay. (laughs) That sounds very boring according to the description.
1: You know, a climate-controlled environment amidst a toxic wasteland can describe my house right now. I mean I guess it's not quite a toxic wasteland yet.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say this kind of does sound like how the planet is heading, <laughs> and it's probably only a matter of time until yeah. we've got some AI controlling everything and everyone. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's our future.
0: <laughs> We're very optimistic people over here.
1: Just just like Ryak.
0: Yep. And just Ragnar. like Ryak. Yep. And Teal <laughs> and Sam. Yep. Just like all of them. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh <laughs> got anything else we need to address nope okay then in that case thanks everyone so much for listening please remember to subscribe to our podcast please review and like it wherever you can we would greatly appreciate that if you'd like to communicate with us you can do so through our email which is stargazing at gmail.com or you can contact us through our website stargazing.space if you like social media, you can visit us on our Instagram, which is at Stargatesing, and we are also at Stargatesing on Mastodon.world. And finally, if you are feeling generous, you can head over to patreon.com/slash stargatesing, where you can sign up for our Patreon and see bonus content and help us continue doing this podcast in the manner which we've become accustomed. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> That's it. I am Kathy. I'm Mary. And you have been listening to Stargate Sing. The end. The end.
0: Is it my turn now?
1: I think that was the end of that scene. Yeah, unless you want me to just keep going. I'll just keep talking. I distracted. That's not talking. Stop it. (laughs)
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha